Hey guys, welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian Yordanov here. Today I have Joe and Jen from the Legit Bat podcast. I'm sure plenty of you guys listening know the podcast and are subscribers. So, uh, guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us, dude. Yeah, thank you. It was a good talk with you a couple of weeks ago, so it's uh, good to reconnect again. Yeah, it was awesome. Actually, uh, after that, I saw Clive DeCarl. Uh, I saw an episode of his. We're talking about him on the higher side chats. And as soon as I heard his voice, I remember that I, I, I've definitely seen his, um, heard and seen him, you know. So it was a great, great that you reminded me about him. I'm definitely going to be probably trying to, trying to get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a great. Uh, he's so knowledgeable, and that British accent is just—it's it's like so ASMR. Smooth. It just—it just lulls you, <laughs> like honey. Like he, that guy could be like selling me like uh, six different types of pharmaceuticals, chemotherapy. I'm like, you know, I'll have like a couple of each because it's like you know, I wanna have a backup. You have convinced me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, out of curiosity, what, what, how did you come up with the name Legit Bat for your podcast? Uh, I usually have Ben take this one, damn it. So we do have a third uh, co-host, and he's at work, so he couldn't make it. But I usually pawn this off on him because we've uh, told this story quite a few times. But it came from uh, the show Workaholics. And I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but it's just another dumb American show. But they uh, they were talking about how dad dicks were bigger in the 80s. So the the one dude's asking the other guy, like, well, what's your dad packing? And he's like, well, he has a legit bat. And so from that, we always thought it was funny but then the roommate we used to live with uh he made an when jen came out to visit before she moved here he had an actual like louisville slugger baseball bat and he had her without any context had jen write legit on the bat and she's like what am i doing is am i gonna look stupid doing this and uh we ended up it ended up being a joke where we'd all get drunk and you know witty, witty banter and we'd pass the bat around to whoever said the the funniest thing of the night so it was like a scepter that we just kind of like passed around. And then uh, when we got <laughs> married, that same friend married us. And at the end of the ceremony, presented her with the legit bat as like the final win, you know? That's so, so awesome. So it's actually in our house still. And then uh, when we went to go start the show, it was actually Ben that came up with that name. He's like, why don't we just call it Legit Bat Podcast? I'm like, that's stupid. But nobody <laughs> else has that name. So it actually worked out. We dominate Google with Legit Bat. <laughs> yeah, I love it, bro. That's freaking hilarious. Um, I want to I wanna do some things a little bit backwards normally near the end of when i interview folks near the end of the interviews i ask a question which is all about solutions talk i wanted to start today with that question because i i've noticed we we've been covering quite a lot of not so positive topics which is important to do for people to you know get a grasp on but um it you know you, you guys have such an awesome beautiful sense of humor I'd love to just talk solutions and interweave a little bit of crack, as the as the Irish say, you know. So with that in mind, let me ask you the question. So the question is, what are you guys doing that others can do also to increase their freedom, self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond? Well, uh some of the things we're doing is just basic, you know, we, you have to do it one thing at a time because it does seem overwhelming when people are trying to become autonomous or, you know, a homestead or any of those things that you hear people talk about. But we just started with getting a couple chickens. 
got two chickens and it's grown since then, but like things like that chickens garden, we really focused on the garden this year and it's not anywhere near big enough to actually support our family just from the garden, obviously, but it's a start. It's a, it's practice, you know, like yeah. if we had to, I could turn my whole yard into a garden and probably live off of it. Maybe not mm. comfortably, but uh, just little things like that. And just starting to kind of discount. I don't know. Do you have anything else? Like what else have we been doing? It's hard well, to think before, about. Before we got to that place, we were looking at the world around us and we were concerned and, you know, a lot of people were a few years ago and we just got to a place where we had to accept that things were going to happen. And that's what everyone can do. You have to know that things just are going to happen around you and it's up to you to be reactive or you can go with the flow and adapt. And I think once you do that, once you accept that the world just is the way it is, it's a lot easier to see more clearly what you need to do for yourself, if that makes sense. Right. Stopping trying to change the world and just change your own world. And I mean, there's a lot of, you know, when you're younger, you're really idealistic and I'm going to change the world. I'm going to fix this fucked up mess. And then you get older and you're like, oh, there's actually probably not very much I can do to fix the world, but I can fix my world and I can make my, you know, general area what I want it to be. And then if everybody were to do that, that's the idea that if ever, yeah. everybody did that, then, you know, the world would be better. So it's the the cliche, be the change you want to see, you know, that gay up, gay old cliche. <laughs> It actually is true, but you, you if everybody sorry, were to do that. You, you can't say gay on my podcast. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Faggy, faggy, <laughs> before faggy. Okay, Faggots. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like I, this is, you know, I love it when girls, uh, wait, is it, can, I say, can I call you a girl? Chicks? Hey, them. Zero? I hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I love it that. when women are into this because I, I feel like a, a lot of this, that there's a lot of guys out there that want to like be more autonomous, more self-reliant. And I feel like a lot of the time it's the woman that is like, she, they, if, I, I'll just kind of be quite sort of upfront and candid here. My dream is to live on like, a you know, 10 acres, homestead, chickens, goats, pro probably a donkey and maybe some other cool animals and dogs and my wife is like, oh, you know, what are we just going to be like pulling weeds out of the ground and like doing back breaking work and stuff. And I'm like, like the, the plants do most of the growing, you know, you plant them, you water them. Okay. Do a few bits and pieces here, but like nature does all the work for you. So I love it. Like when, and, and she's getting more around the, to some ideas, you know, like I planted a few bits and pieces uh, and you know, She's kind of getting around to it, but I love to see when couples are, are into this because, I mean, you're exactly right. If each family unit or small little community or extended family does this, man, like we could trans in one generation, we could transform the earth. Yeah, 100 percent. And there's nothing wrong with backbreaking work like I like that. I want to buy an orchard. I keep trying to convince Joe that we should buy an orchard and I want to work it myself. Well, with him too, of course. He thinks that I want to buy it and then have him do all the work, which is yeah. not true at all. But we do yard work and all that stuff together. But it's fun and you have to do it one thing at a time because we had all these big dreams. I mean, it's like renovating a house. You know, you go in and you can't just be like doing everything all at the same time. You have to start somewhere and it could be like pulling a nail out. You just have to start doing one thing. So you can start a garden by planting one plant, plant some seeds, dig up a little spot in your yard, 
and then just do that. And then the next day, pick out some seeds and go plant them and then just do that. You know, just do it one step at a time. It makes it so much easier. Well, and a lot of people think that it's daunting to, you know, have that kind of a life where you're homesteading, you know, like you said, donkeys and goats and all that. So it seems like a lot of work, but it only seems like a, a lot of work because of day jobs and the way that we have to live currently. I always told Jen, I was like, wouldn't that be the best thing ever if that's all we had to do was focus on yes. survival? It would be a different kind of stress, but it would be so much yes. more rewarding. And you go out and hunt your own food, live like a caveman, basically, but you know, in a nice house or whatever. So it, it's hard to do both of those things now, though, to, to make enough money to pay property taxes and all this stupid bullshit that we have to deal with. It's kind of impossible. There are ways to do it, but you kind of need a lot of money to do what we're talking about. So it's, it's like a catch 22 of like, it's the simplest thing ever. You live in a house, you hunt your food, you grow your food and fuck everybody else. That's all that's all you want. But that actually takes a lot of fucking money in this day and age to do that. So, yeah, it's hard to figure out. But that's why I said just start start small, start doing little things here and there. So you, after you got the couple of chickens, where are you at now with the, the livestock? Oh, well, it's gone up and down. So we, we started with two. One of them ended up being a rooster and we live in city limits, which we found out is not okay to have a rooster in city limits. And I, it's actually fair enough because that motherfucker was so annoying. <laughs> no, he crowed, he crowed from 5 a.m. every seven minutes or seven seconds. I can't remember, but he would do that for hours. Yeah. So it was like every few seconds, the rooster would do a full crow cycle and he would do it and then he would do it again at noon and then again at five. So it's not like the rooster crows at dawn yeah, one time. Like like, nope, it's all day. So the neighbors called animal control on us. And I actually don't blame them at all. No, after the <laughs> fact, I was like, actually, that's fair enough. Yeah. So we got rid of the rooster, got another chicken. It immediately killed itself um, by breaking its own neck, which chickens are not the smartest creatures. And, uh, <laughs> and so then we got four more. And so we had the one original hen, then four more. And that was quite a while. And then two of them died on the same day. Some predator got one of them. The other one freaked out and jumped in the pool and drowned itself. So then we were down. Yeah, then we were down to the three. And then our original chicken just died a few weeks ago. Something got her too. So then we got two more. So now we're back up to four, but only two of them are laying. But it, it's a whole, every single chicken is different, but the same. They're all retarded, but they all have <laughs> weird little things they do. And it, it's just fun. They're like pets to us. Like I don't yeah. ever plan on cook, cooking and eating them, but uh they're, they're just little like house pets that live outside and shit everywhere. It's actually pretty fun. Yeah, I think, um, it, you know, it's so idealistic. Like when, when we went to <clears throat> meet our midwife for the first time to see if we want to work together, like she had her like beautiful border collie come and greet us on their like mini little uh, homestead kind of on, on the west coast of Portugal. And, you know, um they had a bunch of chickens running around and she's like, oh, do you want one? Because I was like, oh, this is so cool. You live in my dream, guys, here. She's like, oh, do you want one? Like, so nonchalantly, like, there, there's nothing. Like, these things are so easy. But when you actually have an animal, even if it's just like a puppy or a cat, the amount of responsibility because, you know, like, the, yeah, you have predators there, probably not as bad here, but, you know, they get diseases. So you have to learn a ton of shit. Like when we got a dog, my wife like, became an expert on dog training and like she was reading books and stuff. It's like having a baby, man. And then you have goats. Oh, yeah. or you want, what, what other animals are you planning on having if, if, if you know any? 
Well, we can't really have like livestock type animals. Like I said, it's the same as roosters. Like you can't have cows or goats and we only have like a quarter acre lot. So we're doing what we can with a small amount of property. But, um, if we were to ever move, yeah, I'd probably get a couple goats, even though I don't trust those motherfuckers at all, but I, they are good for milk and they eat up all the weeds and all that stuff. So I would love to have a donkey too, just because I think that's hilarious. Donkeys are awesome. We're focusing more on the on the gardening side of it because we can, and that's all we can do. So we have this little coop area that's perfect on the side of our house. It's blocked off from the whole rest of the yard, but we it's really not that much responsibility also is what I wanted to say for chickens. Ch- taking care of a puppy is way harder than taking care of a flock of chickens. Yeah, and the chickens actually give back to the family. Yeah, yeah and you get eggs yeah. every single day. So, I mean... If you guys wanted to do that, it's really easy to have chickens. Just let them out and put them back in at night. That's really it. They well, do poop everywhere, but, <laughs> but they eat everything it's like any table scraps. You just yeah. you just throw out your table scraps and they yeah. will eat that shit up. So, so I mean, two we had problems. corn on the cob yesterday. <laughs> I love that model. Two problems here. We live in an apartment, and to be honest, I I I, I one day we have a, a, a garage downstairs with like two two apartments, one on top of the other. We were kind of on the second floor. And there's garages down there. And I told my wife one day that I I have considered putting chickens in the garage and then in the morning letting them out. There's a field out there and the there's a uh there's a guy with like maybe has like 15 sheep, kind of brings the sheep out. So it's like I have considered getting chickens and, and letting them out during the day and bringing them back in the evening. And she's like, you know what? That doesn't come that doesn't surprise me one little bit. Now the other, oh, so that's a that's a bit of a logistical problem here with not having a yard. But um, <clears throat> um, the other thing is our dog, bro, she will eat all of our table scraps. Like literally, like she cleans the floor, she cleans everything. There's nothing like chicken. We sometimes we cook like, uh, was it like four pounds of chicken wings? All those bones to just go through her like a like a garbage disposal, and the next oh, day wow. like these tiny little yellow poops they just like boom 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 like popping them out like ping pong balls, you know, like that trick that some <laughs> women can do. So oh it's a little gosh. bit my my dream like um, my dream is one day to do that, but for now I'm 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 like yourselves. I'm doing what I can. Like on my balcony, I have like some wild strawberries, alpine strawberries. My the I'm most successful for some reason. At growing the psychedelic cactus, San Pedro. Oh, all wow. you, do is you water that thing. Today I cut it. It had grown. We got it as a gift, a, a tiny cutting as a gift for our wedding by the guy that married us, like a Peruvian dude who like does Wachuma San Pedro ceremonies. Oh, nice. And yeah, and um, so that was two years ago. So I finally cut it um, in some chunks, in some segments, and I'm gonna repot some of them. And I got a, a segment like about uh, was it like eight inches. And I'm gonna cook that shit up this week and drink it one of the days, and you know. Oh, you gotta let, let us know how that goes. I heard that the, can be gnarly. <laughs> let the medicine, um, you know, do its thing. Yeah, I think it's I'm overdue for that. Nice. Yeah, I've never fucked around with San Pedro, but that's cool. Is it legal there? Or yeah, yeah. Like here in 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 <laughs> no in Portugal, like most of the. Regular drugs are dec- I mean, well. I mean, it's not a drug; it's a medicine, first of all. But things like uh, cannabis, cocaine, acid—all all the ones that pe- most people know—heroin. That mostly, for the most part, have been decriminalized. So, but this is like oh, to me, right, yeah. yeah, to me, like this is a medicine. You know, it's 
yes, it's masculine. Yes, it's it's kind of like other things like, you know, MDMA in some ways, but it's not. It's a medicine, you know? And, I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. And if, if you're stupid and take drugs like that and do something stupid, well, you were just already stupid. So that's why I actually had a conversation about that with my friend last night. And like, people think it's crazy that we think drugs should be decriminalized it, or people put it like, oh, it should be legalized. You want heroin to be legal? And I was like, no, it's not legal or illegal. Don't tell me what to do. And if I go rob a store on meth, that's a crime already. So the meth had nothing to do with it. I mean, maybe, but. i was already a shitty person if that's gonna happen so the meth was secondary so yeah the the decriminalization how is that going over there anyway is it has it reduced crime or have you noticed any difference from what i understand so we were only here five years or so i think they did it kind of in in the early 2000s and from what i understand uh i think violent crime definitely went down because of drugs uh violent crime because of drugs i think that went down so I haven't really looked too deeply into it, but from from kind of evidence in terms of uh, Amsterdam or Holland and here, it does look like it is beneficial to decriminalize drugs. And I'm of the exact same opinion as yourself. Like, why why should they tell you what which plants you can and can't? Just as an example, in Ireland, you cannot buy um, Saint John's Wort. Really. It's, like if if uh, or for uh, you, I think you have to get a prescription. So if you go to iherb.com from the uh, from Ireland, you cannot get Saint John's Wort, and I believe melatonin. You you couldn't order this. Um, uh, my personal opinion is because Saint John's Wort is a natural selective or yeah SSRI selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and if you have a little bit of cash like a you know a certain type of industry might have and a little bit of lobbying power with the government it's very easy to say you know what this herbal alternative that's been around for you know since the dawn of humanity why should people have that when we have our own class of you know modulators of the serotonergic system you know right and that's what's so stupid is a lot of the i mean all pharmaceuticals are based on natural substances that they just synthesize down to the core element of whatever they think is the mode of, uh, you know, whatever works for whatever, whatever they're trying to do. So they'll, they'll at the same time make a plant illegal, but then use that plant to make pharmaceuticals, which are legal. If you know, the doctor says it's okay for you. It's so stupid. Like it's so backwards. And it's so backwards, bro. It's like these, um, cannabinoids, I've, I've, um, for example, here in in Europe, there's a, there's companies in in um, Holland that they sell research chemicals, so you can get anal- analogs of LSD and a bunch of other things. And they're they're when they make something illegal, they just change the molecule slightly, and they're one step ahead of the legislation. So there's a lot of LSD analogs, and there's a lot of c- synthetic cannabinoids. And from anecdotal reports, and like I've read and heard this. Like people can have horrendous, horrendous psychotic episodes from these synthetic cannabinoids. It's just this stuff is very dangerous, and that's what the pharmaceutical companies want to like use instead of people having access to cannabis in many places. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the problem with like uh, when they uh, I can't remember his name, the guy that wrote the spirit molecule. What was his name? Oh, anyway, he uh, the, yes, 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 Strassman. 
Rick, Rick Strassman, yes. Right? yes. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So the way that they do the testing is dumb because they they synthesize the active ingredient and then you know intravenously feed it into you and expect the same or you know expect to get research out of that when really like ayahuasca or something like that that is brewed from plants and then they drink everything in it and all the other uh parts of the plant have have an effect like it's like uh with marijuana with like the terpenes that are in it that has a a different effect so just extracting just the thc out of marijuana is different than smoking the whole plant because that's a whole combination of shit but alkaloids uh, and all sorts of other things yeah Right. So then when they do, they did some THC testing years ago, but it was like a THC pill and they just extracted and synthesized the THC part of it without all the uh, CBD, CBN, CBAs, all those other parts of the plant. So to try to get like the same effect or like to get actual research out of these things by leaving out the rest of the part of God's creation that was in that same plant just seems stupid. And that's what, that's what they do. That's why things like Oxycontin are based on heroin. It's like the active, you know, whatever is in heroin that makes it so damn good for people. But I mean, even heroin is kind of synthesized down, you know, from poppies or whatever. But it just it's all I I was telling my mom about that. It's all just kind of a perversion and all these things that people knock, you know, like cocaine. Yeah, it's kind of a perversion of the actual plant, the coca leaves. People have chewed it for thousands of years and it's like coffee. It's probably better for you than drinking coffee, just chewing on a coca leaf. Yeah. But guess what? That's illegal. But coffee's fine, and it's heavily sprayed with pesticides. This is what I mean by the ass-backwards nature of all this stuff. It's yeah. Maddening. And even, like, tobacco, like, wild tobacco, and apparently if you if you hold the smoke in, in, like, from organic tobacco in the mouth, that you absorb the nicotine through the kind of the, the lining of your mouth. And, right. uh, you know, you get the benefits of the nicotine, which is quite kind of, kind of a nootropic but like this tobacco, I think they even dip it in sugar and it's just extremely carcinogenic. And look at, dude, the, the fact that we're allowed to drink alcohol and it's so heavily promoted. And this, this shit has just destroyed so many lives, man. You know, it's... Aspect. Yeah, and at the same time, weed has been illegal for years. I mean, it's kind of changed over here recently, but it's still... I mean, I, I don't trust the stuff from the the stores you can go to because who knows what they've sprayed on it it's the same as anything else like buying tomatoes at the store i don't trust those either but what's it like what how are things like in california now with with the with the cannabis stuff is everybody like growing on their own or they're just like too lazy and uh there's a lot of people that grow on their own especially the ones that don't want to buy from what has become corporations in the weed world which is something that every pot smoker was against forever and now it's just turned into a a walmart of weed and it's just big corporations because it's there's a a huge fee of entry to get into the business legally so there is still you know uh black market uh small farms that grow their own stuff but mostly it's for them to smoke themselves or to give it to their friends they're not really there's really the black market kind of died with weed uh, in 2016 like it just kind of was over and uh, it got taken over by big companies that just grow massive amounts of GMO weed or whatever. And, uh, but we ac- accidentally grew weed. Uh, well, a couple well, years we ago, on purpose. we grew it on purpose the first year. And then it, yeah. one of them turned out male. So it was just seedy as fuck. The seeds dropped into the ground at some point, And then la- was it last year? Yeah. yeah. Last year we just had three volunteer, massive pot plants grow up out of the, Whoa. out of the cracks in the ground. 
Jeez. Yeah, we didn't do shit. They found some <laughs> sort of water supply and they grew into the biggest plants I've ever seen that wow. were on accident. And, and the flower and everything, huh? They did, but one of them ended up being male again and it just fucked up the, the buds and they all ended up being seedy. And it's, we saved them though. Yeah, we, we, we still have it. it. <laughs> We've trimmed every year these like stupid weed plants we grow. It's not a lot. It fills up like a small paper bag, but it's still our own weed that we grew. And then I save the seeds and then I try to grow again the next year. We're actually mm-hmm. staying on a weed farm tomorrow. An Airbnb. We're going to go like, to the coast in Eureka. And I was looking on Airbnb to find a place to stay. And it was like, unique marijuana farm apartment. And I was like, what? So We have to do that. But yeah, it's really cool. They have a bunch of units. They they do tours of the farm. It looks really pretty. The place is cute inside. And they leave you a packed bowl and samples of their weed like wow. on the table when you get there. That's so <laughs> That'll cool. be fun. That's somewhere in California, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, north coast. So it's up by... Uh, kind of near the Oregon border but yeah it's it's a big hippie area it's in Humboldt so I mean if you know Humboldt then it's the Emerald Emerald Triangle there's just so many known. cool things about the states that like I, I'd love to we'd, lo- we'd love to come there one day you know I just with the, the current world situation I don't know if that's gonna happen like I haven't I haven't actually I, I mean I've been to I'm in Portugal so I've been to Spain like a couple of times since the COVID thing but I haven't been on a plane since like October 2019. I was, oh, at one wow. point I was like, this is it. This is the apocalypse. I'm just going to fucking chill here. Uh, y'all call me when it's over, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, st- stick in my underground bunker. Let me know when it's when it's yeah. done. And flying on a plane was not that cool for the last few years. It's it's now a lot better, but flying on a plane has always sucked balls, but the yeah. last couple of years it was even more. Yeah, they made it really hard. They were really really anal about the mask thing and now it came out that the masks did nothing, which we all knew in the first place. And then Southwest Airlines, which is like a really popular airline in America, mm. they stopped serving alcohol on their flights during COVID. It was so weird. We're like, wow, this already blows. Now you're going to make it so we can't even make it okay. Can't even be happy on this flight. Yeah, you can't carry weed on wear a mask. So I just got a vodka and soda in a cup and brought it on the flight. And the flight attendant asked me what it was, and I was like, "Oh, it's water." (laughs) I think they they were afraid that people would like loosen up, probably drink more a little bit more than usual because oh, it's so so much stress. Let me unload, and uh, they're gonna loosen up too much, and be like, "Ah, fuck you! I'm not wearing this mask, and it's gonna turn into a fiasco." That is what happened. That I think that is lot, the reason. Yeah. yeah. So they do allow drinking on on their flights now, but during COVID they stopped because a lot of people were getting belligerent and freaking out about deservedly, not wearing a mask. Deservedly, yeah. Right, for sure, but like if you want to get on the flight, that's their rules. You don't have to fly. You know, you can yeah. make other arrangements. That's another that was the kind of the mindset that I adopted where if I wanted to go to Costco um I had to wear a mask. So I just stopped going to Costco. I just went to other places, you know, and it wasn't a big deal. I didn't freak out at Costco for their policies, even though I thought they were dumb. That's my opinion. That's not their opinion. I I think that as far as the world goes, if we all stop giving a shit about what other people are thinking, we'd be a lot happier. Right. And that's kind of what you can make different arrangements always, you know, it goes back to that, that mindset we were just talking about earlier is that take care of your own world do make your your own world better and don't pay attention to all this other stuff and it, we do get bombarded with it like she said going to costco and they made a big deal about wearing a mask in the store and it's like okay well i don't want to tell you this isn't my jam but uh the biggest thing i've heard you know in the last three years is 
and it's simple, but it's pretty uh, important is just do not comply. Just don't just don't do it. Stop yeah. doing it. If, if Costco wants to make you, you know, stick a, a dildo up your ass before you go in, there's going to be a lot of people that will do that because they're oh, yeah. like, OK, well, it's for my safety. You know, just don't do it. Go somewhere else. Or, you know, if there's something you really need at Costco, you can probably find it somewhere else that doesn't do that shit. Find a local store that, you know. Well, the people were not complying around here. A lot of people would just walk in. So there was a, like a guard at the gate that would say, here's your mask, because a lot of people just didn't have them, especially around here. We live in a cool place where a lot of people did not comply. So they had guards at the gate saying, put on your mask, here's a mask. And then some people would just take it and walk in and walk around and shop. So I did that a couple times. I put mine in my pocket. When I stopped going to Costco <laughs> was when our my sister-in-law went there and the a security guard came up to her and said, put on your mask. And she said, no, I'm not wearing one. And he grabbed her shoulder. And I was like, oh, Whoa. shit, they're going to start touching people and pushing people around. That could get crazy. I'm just not going to go there till all this blows over. It's wild. Yeah. yeah so it, it, that was for health safety that you put a mask on, but you can touch me and um, grab my shoulder and that's fine. But, you know, as long as you put a mask on, it's that I can't even imagine what other people think about the last three years when through the whole thing, most a lot of people, I'd say most of us were just going, what the fuck? What is this? And now that it's kind of in the past, we're still going, do you remember this? Yeah. Do you remember the the uh, the kids' bands that were wearing masks with holes in them so they could play their clarinets? Like, yeah. what was that? What the fuck was that? And I saw a picture the other day, too, of somebody at a, it was like, I don't know if it was a festival or something, but they had little pens set up that separated everybody. And the, the meme, you know, caption was, remember when they uh, convinced the sheep to pen themselves? And everybody's just yes. in their own I, pens. I saw that recently, were, yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you know, I'm, f I'm finding it's more awake people like yourselves that are still talking about it because a lot of the normies, they were just like, I want this to be over so I can get on with my normie life. And it's just been completely, you know, repressed. But what what intelligent people are doing is we are we are not only are we continuing to talk about it because first of all that's one way of processing trauma because we've all been traumatized but also we we must never let ourselves and others forget what was done to us because this was the the crime of the millennium you know and there is no way in fuck that we we must let this blow over because as soon as these normies forget boom 2025 uh, like uh, Kill Gates was saying, oh, the next one, they'll, they'll get people's attention. You know, they're, they're for sure planning some other crazy shit, you know. And as soon as something happens, these retards are going to be like, um, okay, so what was the what was the, the, the plan last? Oh, yeah, here's my box of masks. Okay, that's sorted. Let me just schedule my next boost, super booster. Oh, we, do we have a vaccine for this new one? Oh, the old vaccine still works. Okay, I'm sure that science you know so yeah. like unless unless we continue like exposing the bullshit and like there's a lot of people doing great work in this area which I'm, i love um but we have to like dude we cannot let this shit uh, pass, pass us by because you know it's like fool me once shame on you but like at this point anybody that's allowed themselves to be fooled again is is there might be an npc i don't know
Yeah, and it, 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 a lot of people, you know, it's over with. Stop talking about it. It's you're beating a dead horse. And yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to be negative with that. We barely cover anything COVID related anymore, unless it's in passing. But the, yeah. I mean, never forget that they offered a free donut every day yeah. for a year because health. Like yes. just that by itself. And then yep. lotto tickets. And then they even offered like uh, escort services in Vegas or so- something like that. And like all or the like stuff. fast food. Yeah. It was like all the things that are terrible for you, you get for free if you get this really healthy thing mm-hmm. for you that is also hurting people. We weren't super negative about it either. We would just reflect on COVID as it was happening, which I think a lot of people should have done. Instead, they were panicking and just reacting again like i was talking about earlier instead of going with it and just seeing what was really truly happening around us which was insane so we would just kind of sit back and and watch and not you know we were like this doesn't this doesn't look right but a lot of people were just like yeah i don't want to wear a mask at work anymore so i'm just going to get my my shot a lot we had a friend who did that or they they paid paid her two hundred dollars yeah they paid you two hundred dollars to get a vaccine or what's called a vaccine, a uh, experimental RNA injection, but whatever. Um, and people just didn't question it. And that was the weirdest thing to me. And th- th- literally zero questioning. Just, yes, put it, put it in me, inject it, put it in me. Yeah, yeah. How? I mean, I guess we kind of all grew up with that, at least in the States where, you know, you have so many injections as a baby, but you don't remember any of that shit. So, yeah. and it sucks to look back now because I would have never given my kid any of those things knowing what we know now and hopefully those you know those early ones aren't as bad or less damaging but uh it's it's just annoying that you can't even have a conversation about these things without people immediately writing you off as an anti-vax tinfoil hatter and it's like no let's let's have a talk about this what's that you have a kid yeah we have a 17 year old and an 11 year old oh wow geez your kids are your kids are old well we're old dude No. You, you're 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 younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> we had kids youngish. Wow. We had kids in our twenties. I think we were the same age when we had our kids. How old were you? Twenty five. I was twenty five yeah. also wow. when my kiddo was born. But we're wow. six years apart, so our kids are That's too. Amazing. But after that whole thing, I think I'm uh, done with kids. Uh, well, I would. I mean, you know, once they have grandkids, that'll be awesome because I can give them back, and then yeah. they don't yeah. have to live at my house. <laughs> there you go. Now you th- now you're thinking solutions, but uh, yeah, dude, like, <laughs> it's um no, it's it's a beautiful thing, and I I think I think after the age of ten, it must get easier when they when they can entertain themselves, so you can get some fucking work done. Jesus Christ! Like I was <laughs> the last few months, I was waking up literally between two and five a.m. to work before my daughter would wake up at ten a.m. and then I have to do that stuff, and then when she would take naps. I would like be working here and then sometimes in the evening I'd be editing videos for the course and stuff. It it dude, like I by the end of it all, I actually got sick. Like just from over exhausting myself, you know. So I'm I'm not saying I'm I mean I'm not saying I'm looking forward to when she's going gonna go to school because like like the schools here, just school in general, I think is just a, a rotten institution. So I don't know what I'm gonna have to do, but I, I, I wanna be more involved in my kid's life i like i want to be like a uh set set an example teach her skills life skills and stuff and teach her a lot of the better things that she would learn at school but at the same time how do you juggle that and balance it with the fact that you also have to work and like do projects and stuff you know that's funny we were just actually kind of talking about this yesterday in the last few days but uh my 
my opinion, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think the kids absorb a lot more from how you are in the world than what you tell them. Because what's the first thing you, you know, a kid, when you tell them not to do something, they want to do that immediately. That's the first thing they want to do. So it, it seems to me that like harping on what you shouldn't do isn't as important as just doing what you should do. And they will absorb that and then emulate that and then figure out if that works for them. And if I'm totally off base on that, they'll figure that out themselves. I mean, they're all little people. They're all, they're all going to have their own little, you know, thing that they're doing that I can't understand. I don't understand my kids half the time, but that I don't need to like, they're, they're doing their own thing and I'm doing my thing. If what we're doing matches up with, you know, how you think you should act then go ahead. But if not, you'll find out the repercussions of not acting that way because we did too. And that's how we, uh, Got to where we are now is because we've fucked up a lot. And I can tell you what's going to happen if you do this one thing. And you might not listen, but when it happens, you'll be like, oh, right. That's what he was talking about. And what sucks about that is that it takes like 20 years. It takes a long fucking time for that. And I know that just from personal experience. Like a lot of the things my parents told me when I was a teenager, I was like, you're full of shit, whatever. Then I lived another 20 years and was like, damn they were actually correct on like a lot of that but yeah. and it's vindicating for them now correct we understand why they did it at least yeah 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 they, we, we understand the intention at least like whether the actual execution was correct might be different but the intent and the, the idea behind it and the old-timey wisdom they had i get now but and I, i'm sure that's great for them to see now and for me to actually agree with most of what they're saying maybe not your execution but the idea yeah that was that was correct but <laughs> I, I do want to say too with your daughter I know that I remember I was so I was a single mom when I had my daughter I was in school I worked two jobs and I was a full-time mom so I had to juggle trying to raise my kid and I was barely around it was so hard she was always with daycare or whatever so I would get so stressed because I was trying so hard like you're saying to do all of these things like working I would be exhausted all the time and it was more of a chore, not outwardly, it was just subconsciously, it was like a chore to take care of my own kid because I wanted the best for her. It was stressful. And I will challenge you to try to never be stressed when you're changing a diaper or when you're bathing her or when you're doing something that is that is stressful because it's taking away from work. Because when she's a teenager and hates your guts, you're going to miss those times. Those are the best times when yeah. she's a sweet little baby and just depends on you. Yeah. And it, it is weird because those were the best of times, but also the, uh, I mean, what it's challenging, but yeah, it seemed, it seemed like the most stressful at the time, but now you look at it and you're like, no, that was, that was easy. That was fucking, I wish you, I wish you were just a little pink blob of flesh with a mouth and a butt. Cause <laughs> Yes. Now you're just a big. I miss those days. I wish that's all my daughter needed. I wish I could wake up at four o'clock in the morning every single day before I go to work and take care of my daughter. I wish that is what I had to do with her now instead of raising this little adult that's very challenging at times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at 17, I can imagine Jesus with especially like with boyfriends. Like that's one thing that I think one of the biggest challenges for probably for a dad would be like watching his girl become a woman and then like have men in her life and you can see they're like little pieces of shit that have only one fucking thing on their mind and you just want to get the air rifle out and start blasting but <laughs> but that's where the know, beans come from <laughs> you know i don't know like i i feel like okay i i mean you guys are obviously you know 
super smart folks. So maybe you've thought about this as well. But for me, philosophically, I've I've wondered who, like, why are we on the earth? Why does God put us through such misery? Like, you know, having having to like lose loved ones and like pets and having to see our, you know, like just all of this shit and this we can segue into i want to see like what's your opinion on why are we here on earth do you believe like there are npcs out there like what's kind of your take on are you do you believe in reincarnation and like what do you think is the meaning of life i know it's like a massive question but like what's where you where you stand on that are you listening to our conversations? Yeah. Uh, we literally just talked about this for hours last night. It's so all let Jen take this <laughs> I'm one. Into well, that one. <laughs> well, no, no, it was we Not talked recorded, about no, just, just ourselves. Yeah. Oh, we just okay. It on the patio at midnight. No, no, I'm saying I'm gonna tune in because I've been recording them. I just haven't like listened to them. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. All right. We have to check for bugs. Um, Those will be bonus episodes available in Rockfin <laughs> <laughs> that we won't even know about. Um, but no, I definitely believe in reincarnation. I think that God puts us here to experience life. And and it just is. So to us, we have this perception of good and bad because of things that happen to us and ways that we formulate our thoughts and formulate what we what we believe, what our values are, what we like, what we don't like, what we want, what we don't want. That is what makes things good and bad. And if you do less of that, I'm not saying that I'm great at this. It's just a theory that maybe if you do less of that and just appreciate what is there, you will experience more of life. I know that sounds a little bit weird. I think people die. I think bad things happen, quote unquote. You lose loved ones or lose pets because it makes you appreciate the life that you have and the people that are in your life. It reminds you, hey, maybe you could have been a little bit nicer to this person or every moment that you have, you should be doing the best thing possible, not reacting, not freaking out at someone, not yelling because someone cut you off in traffic. So you're going to take it out on your spouse. And then what if your spouse dies the next day? And that's the last interaction you had. I do think of that a lot. Like I won't ever leave the house arguing or in a fight or saying something crappy because I never know what's coming next. And I, I, and I think we get to reincarnate and do this again, but we don't remember it. So it doesn't really matter. So we're still living all of these lives and we die in all of these lives and the memories aren't really there. So we have to take each life that we're given and be as appreciative as possible. That's like what I was saying about your daughter. She's a little, a little one right now. Just appreciate those moments that suck. Like when she throws up all over everything or poops on the, you know, on the floor or whatever, you know, those yeah, we- are... Those are moments that are you're going to look back on, and it's going to be really funny. We just and talked to, uh, talked about this exact thing with Brandon Williams for, or Brandon Thomas. I always get those two mixed up from uh, Expanding Reality. We I listened had a to that long... one. I listened oh, to that one. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I, was it on the show we did with him? Anyway, I don't remember. It was like two days ago. But anyway, we uh, we we talked about the embracing the suck basically, and how I think that was the one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and about how. Uh, because he asked how we react to like problems in life or something. And it's just, he's talking, he's talking about, about capturing snakes on his thing. I think <laughs> he, he was talking about that. Embracing oh, the suck. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, in like Jen was saying, like appreciating every moment and all that, all the suck and all that stuff, but also not beating yourself up for not being perfect in every moment because none of us will be. So the, it, we talked about how it's like a balancing act. Everything is balanced. So when you're, appreciating every moment then you have one where you just 
fucked up and reacted the wrong way. You can't beat yourself up about that either because then you're stuck on the other side of it and you're not appreciating that moment or, you know, whatever. It's hard to uh, relay my it's thoughts a constant on this. learning <laughs> process. Yeah, I know. It's really complicated. I actually usually have to be drunk to say this better and I'm pretty sober right now. So, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, we were talking with Brandon as well about hope. He said, what do you do when, when you're, your hopes don't come true. Like what, what do you do? And I was like, well, you can't hope and worry are the same exact thing to me. When you're hoping for something, it's something that hasn't happened yet that you really want to happen, but you're also worried that it's not going to happen, but it's not what's happening. You're not living in the now and you have to live in you're the You're just now. telling yourself stories that haven't happened yeah. yet. Yeah, exactly. So just embrace the moment that is happening and do your best in that exact moment. And that's all you can do moment to moment living your life. So yes, I definitely believe in reincarnation. I think that we're leveling up, our souls level up. I think we're also part of one thing. I think that God, we're like little extensions of God um, and that he puts us down here for the experience of life, but that we go back to him at the end of the day. I don't really believe in individuality necessarily, except for on this plane, if that makes sense. I know it sounds really weird, but I, I hear you. I hear you. And by the way, you're, I think you're totally right about appreciating little things. With And like over the last six months with my daughter, it's really has gotten to be like that. Like uh, before, I remember I would just when it was uh, um, uh, time for bed, I would just like try to get her like dressed and like just, just rush through the whole thing and just put her in bed. She was tired and cranky. But now... Like we have a, a routine where like my wife will go into the shower, I'll bring her into the shower. My wife will bathe her. I come in with a towel. I go like put her on the changing table. Then we like slowly like put a diaper on. And we do like a, the little drops that the homeopath gave us and like a little bit of this. And, and we dry the hair and it's like I'll sing to her and I love it. And like if, even if she's super tired, super cranky, <clears throat> when we start doing this, she's like... Uh, laughing at me you know like she's like kick, trying to kick me in the face and it's it's beautiful to the point where now like I don't want to actually go and put her in bed I know it's time to put her in bed but we're there like you know playing and stuff um, and then I put her in bed and I leave and not a whimper comes out of her no crying no nothing you know so it's it's beautiful and you're right and like I, I feel like um, what you were saying earlier Joe like they're so much better when they're a little blob, a little potato, and <laughs> they don't have all these other, you know, intentions and their own sort of uh, their own little. I mean, they have their. They always have their little mind. They always have their intentions and agenda. But like when when they, I, I see my nephews, they're like much old. Well, not much older, but in like five and whatever, four and nine, and I, I see how different they are and. It's just they, they become unwieldy, these kids at some point, I, I think. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to always remind yourself that they are their own person because they since like we were talking about earlier, they emulate a lot of the things you do. But so you it's funny to see the way that they're like you and then the ways that they're totally not like you. And you're like, oh, that's OK, because they are their own little person. They have their own little thoughts on things. And yeah. maybe at some point they'll be able, able to articulate to that and articulate that to you. And you can understand more of this little person that you made. But uh, every single parent ever, it's like a, another cliche that, 
oh, they grow up so fast. That is a hundred fucking percent true. And I didn't realize how true that was in the, you know, in the midst of changing shitty diapers and my kid pissing on me and all that stuff. You know, you don't realize it, but I, it went from that and having to literally keep an eye on him 24 hours a day to make sure he didn't die to now he's at camp for a week and I won't see him wow. till Friday, you know, like, and it, it just went like that. It, it's wild how fast it goes. So yeah, at least you, you have an early start on wrapping your head around these types of things. So you can maybe uh, appreciate those little things more. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't gotten around to the fact that this child, I mean, now she's with my, my wife, you know, um, on holidays, but like that she will be out of the house in school away from us for like several hours. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> Let me let me ask you guys now. Uh, what's your take on NPCs? I, I'm interested because I, I was listening to one episode. You had some guy. I forget the guys' names, but you were talking about this. It was very interesting. It's something I really have been thinking a lot about because I see a lot of people out there. They kind of look NPC-ish to me. You know, some of them, and not not from a derogatory. I'm not trying to be derogatory, like we're better than them or anything. But I genuinely feel like it, it's it's either that. Or just people are like severely toxic and mal malnourished and um, depressed, and their spirit has been tr really uh, downtrodden. So, kind of, what's your what's your take? Do you think this NPC thing is only like um, like a, an abstract term, or do you take it more literally? Where you where you what where you stand on that? So that's another one that's really complicated to try to explain what I think about it, but. Uh... I think there's just different levels of people and that sounds like you said derogatory to be like oh we're above them or you know yeah. they're just dumb npcs that just drive and go to walmart and eat donuts and do, you know whatever I, I don't know if it's like an empty vessel scenario where they're just kind of automatons that just do their thing you know like an npc would in a video game they're they're alive and they're real but they just kind of do their thing and don't think about anything else but i think everybody's been at that point especially as a child like you're kind of an npc as a child you're kind of just a ding dong that walks around sticking your fingers in your nose and you know whatever so i, I don't know if it's something like that where it's it, it depends on how you look at reincarnation or young souls versus old souls or whatever it could just be something like that and mm. but then you can think about it in the simulation way too and i always say that i don't think it's a simulation like zeros and ones in a computer it could be but i don't think that's what it is it's more like uh sam Tripoli talks about a realm it's like a plane of existence it's a it's this dimension that we're in and there probably are other ones i can't prove it but you can't disprove it either so who knows it could just be that it could be new new avatars that haven't really come to this realm very much yet so they don't really know what they're doing and none of us really know what we're doing but some yeah. of us have a different perspective on it and we look at those other people and say what are you doing? Why are you not like, what the fuck? I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, I don't know. I go back I and that, forth with the NPC thing. If, if NPCs are a thing, I mean, I tend to think a little bit like what Joe was saying that people are just different and your perspective of that person, like how you perceive that person could totally make it look like they're an NPC because you're on a totally different level. It doesn't mean they're an NPC. And to them, you could be a fucking asshole, which is fair. Or maybe they had a crazy <laughs> life that you don't know about. Maybe they have so much trauma that they can't really 
they can't really live their life to the fullest like they should. So they just look like an NPC to you. Um, but I do think if NPCs are a thing, I do compare this world to a video game a lot, um, like some sort of meat-based non-digital video game. Um, there are NPCs there and they all have a purpose. So that's still a good thing. It wouldn't yeah. be the worst thing in the world if there is NPCs because we're playing Zelda right now. And if we didn't have... Um, the NPC character that sells us arrows at every stable, we'd be screwed. So yeah, they serve a so purpose. They're necessary. It doesn't mean they're bad or like the worst thing in the world. Like I think the Oracle in the matrix was an NPC. Mm -hmm. wasn't the Oracle was part of the machine and mm -hmm. just was a avatar that did the same thing all the time. But she was sort of good, sort of bad, whatever. It didn't really matter. She served a purpose. She served a purpose yeah. and it helped Neo on his path. So I don't think NPCs are bad. I think NPCs, when people say, oh, that person's an NPC, I just think that person's full of shit and is super arrogant. So it's hard yeah, for yeah. me to, to talk well, about that. Well, it's the like the people that throw around the co-opt and the the shill and all that. You're a fad, blah, 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 all that stuff. Right. It's the same type of thing. But a lot of people actually were of the opinion that some of the world leaders are NPCs in a way because like I think it was actually Jen who mentioned that. She's like, maybe that's actually part of the game part of the simulation they these horrible evil people like the rockefellers and all these names we throw around probably yeah. are there for a reason to cause what happens like whether it's divisiveness or divisiveness or just general like polarity like keeping things moving because that's that's what makes the world move is polarity negative and positive and light and dark and all that stuff maybe they're there just to do that and that's what keeps the simulation going Who yeah like they're knows? there to create an obstacle where you have to make a choice and you can choose to freak out or you can choose to believe everything they say and follow what they're doing you know it doesn't really matter but it's there to create like those people those leaders possibly if they're npcs they're there to help you on your path as a person they're there to help each and every one of us I love that. In fact, I was thinking about that yesterday in a, from a slightly different angle, but I love that because um, let me just try to remember what I was thinking. Um, uh, this, this kind of, there was a YouTube channel I was watching a few years ago and he was talking about that, that the elite, as they're you know, called, they, they're not like, they, basically they're there as a catalyst for for awakening in or, or like like basically what you're saying but what i was when you were just talking i was thinking what you guys are both saying resonates a lot because think about it like this if there was no let's say evil people trying to take over the world quote unquote what would what would we do if it was like if it was all peace love and anarchy well you're gonna look after your goats and chickens I'm going to look after my goats, chickens, donkeys, and whatever else, my San Pedro cactuses. And the internet never would have been a thing. Smartphones never would have been a thing. We would all be like in these tiny, I guess, communities. You know, we'd still have like trials and tribulations and stuff. And there would always be suffering and, and love and everything. But um, it wouldn't be like this amazing, like look, look at how the world has been uh, sort of evolving in the last 500 years that that would completely go away we'd all be like using wood sticks we don't have metals and stuff <laughs> you know we wouldn't have like these microphones you know nothing would get invented i mean we have some innovation but we would have problems necessitating massive innovation so that's actually very we'd have to like you know ponder that one 
deeper. Yeah, I think about that a lot too. And people rag on technology and, you know, the, the Luddites that, uh, you know, like Amish people that are just like, no, reject all technology. I don't agree with either one. And then there's the techies that are have to get the newest iPhone is the day they're standing in line outside the store to get the newest whatever mm-hmm. when it comes out. So there there's polar opposites there too. But it, the way that technology has advanced in the last hundred years is so unprecedented for the rest of recorded history that it makes me think something went on. I don't know what it was, but something happened in the late 1800s, early 1900s that pushed us to where we are now. I'm not complaining. I love my microphone. I love my laptop, love my phone, love all this cool shit that we get to do. And it's like anything else. It's a tool and you can use it for bad or evil. And it's used for both all the time. Bad or evil. I like that. Bad or evil. Bad, evil or worse. (laughs) That's all we use our stuff for is just for evil, obviously. Bad, evil and worse. Bad or evil. Yes. You can take that out. That's fine. You can edit it. I, I try not to edit because I'm lazy. I mean, uh, I let geez. I let the computer do all the work. I don't I don't want to do inputs. Why did we? Have you heard this um, theory that ba- there was this the Draco? You heard of this thing concept? The Draco was controlling in, in control of the realm, and sometime around the you know late 1800s, they were they left, and um, basically the quote unquote elites. Uh, they the reason that of the 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 reason for the technological advancements that we've had is because the when the Draco whatever this entity or entities were um, through them they could exert all the power and influence over the realm that they needed, but when they left, uh, the only way to control is through technology. That's why we're kind of seeing this push for technocracy tracking people eventually you know whatever their wet dream is of rfid chips and whatnot so yeah that's that's i guess one theory of entities leaving and i think rudolf steiner he kind of I'm, I, have, I have all his books but i've not actually read most of them so i'm not sure what he talks about he talks about the ariman but um what, what's your take on could could there be like um some entity like uh, entities or something in control of the realm or do you think it's just humans being dicks to each other it's probably both and i it sounds uh like lazy to say it that way but i think it's something of all of that i don't know if it's actual beings from another planet that just have a different civilization or if it's something else from another dimension and it's demonic or if it's literally just the way humans are to each other. And some of them are better at being dicks than others. I don't know. Uh, There is something that influences people though. And it it does, it affects everybody, every single person, but, and some people give into it and some people don't. And some people are better at that. And I don't really know. Like the way I think of aliens, I've said it a bajillion times on our show, aliens and all that stuff. I think it's all one thing that just presents itself differently to, to different people. And, there's a reason some people have never seen a UFO or an alien, but a lot of people say they have. Some people say they've seen Bigfoot, and some people go out looking for them and never fucking see it. So I don't know if it's just your own perception coloring, you know, what you see and what you are presented with. I don't really know, but we all know that there's that the the old devil and the angel on your shoulder. You know, you have that what you know you should probably do, but then you really want to do that other thing because God damn it, I'm so fucking mad. Or, you know, whatever. Uh and I think some people just lean into one side or the other harder than other people. And then we end up with uh, John D. Rockefeller and, you know, 
people like that or Obama. <laughs> so I, I don't really know. Well, what do you think about Obama? that with the alien thing or the, the entities? Well, I think, okay. So with psychedelics, I was reading a study. I can't even remember. Maybe it was in the spirit molecule, but people would be on heavy doses of psychedelics and have these amazing experiences and their brain activity was like zero, but they were talking about things they were seeing and doing and their brain activity was not not even making a reading at all. So I have this theory that, so we're part of God and I think all of the outside influences are all evil and we're subjected to that, but we're all going to always be a part of God. So it doesn't matter. Even if we die and have a terrible death, we're still going to go back to God in the end. So it doesn't matter, but we don't really know that. So our soul and our brain are two separate things. Our soul is connected to God. Our brain processes every experience that we have on earth, and it's very easily influenced by evil. So I think all of those outside sources, whatever they are, can come in and influence us really easily because we're taught that our brain is like the most important thing ever. We have, brain's to, like the, we the, have to use our brain. It's the meat remote. And right. who's controlling the remote? Your soul. So that's, yeah, it's like a, the non-local consciousness thing where, yeah, your brain is what controls your avatar, but what's controlling your brain? What's What's pushing the buttons on the remote, you know? Sorry, no, no, you're fine. I just think that I just think that when if we kind of let go of that evil and stop thinking so much about all of the negative things that happen, our soul and God kind of take over and they work together a lot better than just trying to process and figure out and get angry about things or see something and get really scared of it and worry. I don't know. I just think if you kind of let go, meditate, sit with yourself for a minute, it makes all of those things not really matter. But I think, so back to your question about like the evil in the world, I think all of that evil is controlled by whatever you want to call it, the devil. What I don't know. I don't have a name for that. But that is what is an outside influence and God is an internal influence that's inside all of us. So it's kind of up to us whether or not we let those outside influences affect us or not. Yeah, it's the push and pull. It's the inherent duality of everything in nature. And it's just, and that's at probably a macro level. You have the, whatever people call the devil or the adversary or the, the antagonist, you know, and then you have the protagonist and that would be God or Jesus or whatever. These are all just abstract ideas for most people. So, but you, yeah. I think people know what we're talking about when we talk about that. Cause everybody feels that, you know, when something stupid happens and you blow up about it and then you're like later, you're like, that was so stupid. Why did I get so mad about something so retarded? So yeah. you, everybody yeah. recognizes it, but it's usually in hindsight. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, uh, Michael Tessarian says, evil is not the only force at work in the universe. No, it can't be. Cause I think everything would be destroyed if it was. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but it also that's, can't be the only thing because it has to have a polar opposite. So it has to, exactly. there has to be good. If you see the evil, then there has to be an exact opposite of that in the other direction. Yeah, when you look at nature, because, uh, okay, I know humans, if we just look at civilization and what we've created, these cities and what goes on in the cities, that looks very divorced from reality. But if you look at nature, actually, there is very little evil in just just nature you know if you look in the jungle yes there's violence yes there's murder or well, not murder but killing there is rotting there is death the, uh, but you know that is a part of the balance of, of life and death that cycle of life and death the you know the trees eat the the dead things from the that get absorbed into the ground and then 
the animals eat the trees and the animals eat each other. It's a big, beautiful cycle. But um, for some reason, if you introduce humans into the equation, then it seems to get imbalanced. And I'm not, I'm not, I think the matrix, as much as it had clues, it also had a lot of quote unquote, not that it's not the right word I'm using, but misinformation or they planted the wrong seeds, like humanity is a virus, you know, this other stuff, or like the fact that a lot of people, a lot of younger guys that have, that grew up with a lot of TV and video games and stuff, they, they genuinely believe it could be a simulation, like, like in the matrix, that kind of way, which obviously is, I think it's possible, but it's, I believe, highly improbable. So not sure where I was going with that, but um, I love, you guys are super philo philosophical. I love talking shit like this with people. Love it. Yeah, it, it's just, it comes naturally. So half of the, I mean, if we recorded all of our conversations, that would be thousands of hours worth of podcasts, but I, I just can't sit in front of a mic for that long. So we just do it out by uh, the fireplace. It's a lot back. easier when we don't have a mic in our face yeah. when, we're, when it's late you know, at night you know when we're just like talking not that it's hard right now or anything but yeah. it's just when you're just shooting the shit you could just get those lapel mics i actually got one i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be testing it out this week to see because i'm too lazy to come up here now to record so i'm like I need, I need to just be able to like record when i'm walking the dog or like when i'm oh, downstairs yeah. reading a book so these lapel mics seem to be pretty awesome but um god i forgot what i was talking about I was gonna say something else. This was just some preamble. <laughs> no, I love I, I love what you're talking about with the no evil in nature. It's just it just is that it's just a cycle and it just repeats. But there's no like bad intentions. I don't think a lion has an evil intention when it yeah. kills a gazelle. It's just doing what a lion does. It's eating it because yeah. it needs to survive, and then it poops, and then that feeds the trees, like you said, and then the rotting corpse uh, decomposes and the vultures eat it. And then it goes back into the ground and comes back up through the trees. And then the birds eat the fruit and then the other things eat the birds. And it's just, it just keeps going like that. And uh, whether humanity is a virus or not, sometimes it looks like it. When you look at like Tokyo or something, it looks like a cancer yeah. cell. It's like, what did this look like before all that? It looks like a giant metastasized tumor that's just spreading out everywhere. And it's not to say it's bad. That is what it is too. But there's a lot more evil in that place, or you know, in L.A. or New York, than there is in mm. the Amazon. Yeah, maybe more violence too. <laughs> I think it has to do also with bringing um, a lot of people together. It you know, like when you're in an elevator with a bunch of people, or if someone is directly facing you, like you you get these stress hormones rising so when you i i this is my kind of theory i guess uh, when you cramp a lot of people into these cities like we've been herded into them like cattle for decades now i think it's and then you know people get stuck in traffic and you're stuck in traffic and people get pissed off so there's m much more reasons to get pissed off when you're in the city whereas in, if you're outside of the city like in the suburbs even or in like on a homestead or in in the wherever like you walk and like what's there to piss you off oh is it the birds singing or is it like like what's there is it no animal is cutting you off or flipping you the bird or you know what i mean like there's like just these interesting scents and smells and like the, maybe a waterfall you know what i mean like there's just much fewer reasons to get pissed off i believe 
Yeah, it's like I heard somebody say a long time ago that humans weren't meant to live on top of each other, and that's exactly what it is yeah. in most cities. Yeah. They're crammed together like sardines in these big buildings, and it's just it's just all bad. We're we're I don't think we were meant to live like that at all. And not everyone's cut out to live in the woods and homestead either. So there there is a distinction there. But oh shit, did we lose you? No, uh, I'm here. I'm here. I hear you. Oh, uh, okay. You're yeah, your you're video okay. froze. Yeah, froze. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed, man. I think this this whole urbanization thing is just another thing that we have to, I suppose. See, it, it, it's like if if it didn't like what you were saying earlier, Jen. If it hadn't happened, would we have appreciated living in villages and like in small towns? Like my my grannies uh, lived back in like when they were kids, they lived in villages and they were all growing. Literally, there was no stores; they were all growing their food. That was two generations ago, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I would love to be able to do that and teach our kids to do that, and not not to say they have to do that, but just so that they know how to do it. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's places that exist like that to this day, and they're probably way the fuck happier than somebody yeah. living in the middle of Dallas or something, you know? Like, I can't yeah. even imagine living in the middle of that kind of a city. Like, Jen's lived in places like that, and I visit those places, and I'm like, nope, not yeah. doing this. I grew up on the East Coast in Boston, and I've lived in Chicago, and and then now I live here in like the mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's no traffic. Like, traffic doesn't even exist out here. When Joe's like, oh, there's traffic, I'm like, oh. You By mean, traffic, I mean, mean you have three to cars. wait for 30 seconds. I'm used to two hours, dude. That's not traffic. Sorry. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we should all just be happier with what we have and not, yeah. you know, if you do live in Dallas in a city, be happy about that. Be okay with that. Or if you're not going to make a change, you know, if you're going to make a change, work towards that. But if you're going to live there forever, your family's there, you have a house there, whatever. Be excited about that. Look around about at things that you like about where you are right now instead of looking at what you don't have or what you could have or what you want yeah. to have. You can have those dreams and those goals, but don't be angry about your current situation. You know, try to find appreciation. Like you said, like in the forest, you can do that in a city too. Try to find some things that, you know, you can be appreciative of. Well, and to bring it full circle to the solutions, even you said you live in an apartment, there are mm. solutions for growing your own food indoors. It's hydroponic net pots. Uh, listeners can Google that. It, I, I don't have them myself because I have enough room to grow shit in the dirt, but uh, you can, it's possible to do, and you can get in basically never ending supply of lettuce and other, other types of plants like that. And it's just a starting point. It's just something you can start doing and it, it costs pennies to grow this stuff. You, yeah, yeah. you buy this little solution mix and it grows in water and it's, it's just hung on your wall and it just grows. And so there, there are ways you can do that kind of stuff, even in an apartment. So don't, don't let living in a small space, oh, like yeah. stop you from trying that stuff at least. Absolutely. Cause it, it, the value is like what you said earlier, the value is in the learning and in, you learn a few bits and pieces, then you can scale it if needs be. I have I have a bunch of Kratky hydroponic systems here. Um, the first half of the year, I was growing a lot of stuff. I even grew. So what did I grow here? Just just next to me here, I grew lettuces, um, a few other things. Uh, what the hell? Like a pepper plant, a bunch of other stuff under grow. Nice. It's awesome. fun, man. It's fun to to you put this f fertilizer, water, and a light, and like like life finds a way and it grows it's amazing 
just there's other it. ones too that are really interesting i saw on my uh delivery route the other day some some people in apartments will have these bags that hang from their front door and they have these little pockets in it and it's kind of like a uh what do you call those bags like a like burlap or burlap something? it's like a burlap yeah, type yeah. Of thing but they have these little pockets in them and they plant plants in all these little pockets on their front door and they have this huge garden growing off their front door it looks wild but it works and they grow huge tomatoes and shit out of them it's, yeah yeah so yeah, there's ways around everything dude like i i have I'll tell you after we after we finish recording about my other. Uh, you know, anyway, um, let's let let the folks uh, know where they can find you on the internet. And for sure, uh, guys, thank you so much. First of all, let me just thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again in the future to philosophize on all things worldly. But uh, as we wrap up, please tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet. Well, our main video channel uh, is rockfin.com slash legitbat, and you can find us on any audio podcast as well. We do put it shows on YouTube, but they're out a week later. Um, and then Instagram at legitbat, and that's that's pretty much it. Did I miss it? Oh, Telegram? Telegram. Yeah, I have the Telegram. That's in the link tree that's in the Instagram. Page. Yeah, I'll send you the link tree. It has yes. all of our stuff uh, in it. I, I have it. I have it. I'll stick it in there. Okay. Awesome, Perfect. guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Of course, dude. Thanks.